Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Movie Mavericks. The Movie Mavericks Podcast. Movie Mavericks. Speaking of fucking long, uncut European cocks. The Movie Mavericks Podcast. Now for your hosts, Jason and Trevor. I can't wait. Hey now, everyone. Welcome to episode 267 of the Movie Mavericks Podcast. I'm Trevor Anderson. Send you over to Jason Rugard. He's got a rundown for us. Good morning. Good evening. Good day and good night. I don't know what time you're getting this, but uh, <laughs> it's late here in the Movie Mavericks studio. And uh, we're getting this done on our, our new night. AKA we, our mom's basements. That's right. Party on, Garth. And this is going to be doing now on Thursdays, if you haven't known. We missed last week, but we'll be back with you every Thursday night. So check us out on our new night and uh, varying time, I should say. But tonight we'll be discussing our thoughts on Chappie and Unfinished Business, as well as the second Marigold Hotel in the box office ace prediction game. Tri- trivia going on, little... Uh, Ooh, little, some yeah, trivia. Little, little gangster movie trivia. So I think you can get this one tonight. Uh, also, yeah, gangsta, if you didn't know. Um, and Harrison Ford, damn near uh, crashed today. There'll be a lot of Han Solo jokes oh, he did flying crash. around after this one. Get it? Flying around. And um, also, talking about Robert Townsend's return to the directorial chair, David O. Russell continuing to blow up on his actors. Didn't this guy do this a while back? Did you ever see that video of Russell blowing up on Lily Tomlin? Yeah. Fucking awesome, isn't it? I think whatever you're doing, stop the podcast and go over to YouTube and watch David O. Russell blowing up on Lily Tomlin. It's good for a laugh. Uh, our reviews tonight, I'm going to talk about Focus and Kingsman. Trevor's got The Fault in Our Stars. I'm really interested to hear about that because uh, did you make it through that one on a one try? Out of curiosity. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, extra credit for you on that one. What else are we talking about? Predestination, Laggies, and Annabella. Or is it, is it Annabelle or Annabella? Annabelle. <laughs> I like Annabella, but it's Annabelle. I like it, Annabella. And Gone Girl, right? If you oh, the girl is gone. That. Talking about that one. The trailer section is where I'm most interested Good tonight. Good Lord, we got to tell the trailer section. We have a very well endowed trailer section tonight. <laughs> okay. Big it, movies, it, small movies. It's right. Medium sized movies. They're all in there. Papa, Mama, mm-hmm. baby. And uh, we've got about nine trailers we're going to talk about tonight. I think. The majority of them are uh, highly intriguing. So let's waste no time, because we don't like to do that at all here, and jump right in to this box office prediction game. It's not a question of enough, pal. It's a zero-sum game. Somebody wins, somebody loses. Let's play the HSX.com box office prediction game. All right, let's play this damn game. We got three movies. Let's move it. The big one's Chappie. What do you think, man? What do you think? I don't think this reaches the opening of RoboCop last February. No shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> this is a, an Aussie production, technically, right? Or is this New Zealand? I don't know. Well, it's South African. That's right. But why do they talk like they're Australian in it? Right? 
Oh, they have the Brit. They have a South African accent. Is that what it is? Which is British, which is just like Australian, which is kind of a British accent. But yeah, the most interesting aspect of what I've come to learn about this movie is that uh, I can't see the, the main actor's name. I'm not even going to attempt to. But yeah, he was no. the cat from District Nine. <laughs> that he was the one uh, that they used as the 3D animation, the body double for Chappie. I didn't realize that. Did you know that? Hmm. I just thought it was like. Andy Circus or something. That's what I figured because I figured he had the, the, pretty much the corner of the market on this. But uh, regardless, uh, we're both at the same here. You said nineteen point one. I'm saying nineteen. Okay, we're right in line with each um, other. This goes all the way up to on box office ace that ranges were actually uh, kind of more towards the low end, but a lot of people are saying uh, twenty to twenty five. So that's the average around. On I that. think that's the average is twenty one. So, which is it's basically RoboCop, but we don't think that that's possible. Now, I think the trickiest one of the weekend is the second exotic Marigold Hotel. This uh, really is interesting to me because you don't often get the cash grab sequel to a kind of uh, esoteric film like the first one. This the first one uh, really. This isn't the Expendables, right? I mean, what, what's going on here? Why is there a sequel? And this looks like it is adding nothing new. The trailers aren't very Well, the first endearing. one did. Well, that's why there's a sequel, right? Okay. But a lot of these movies I mean, do well as, as one-offs, but this doesn't seem like sequel-ready. I, I don't know. Well, they're just going to make the same movie again and hope that the old folks come out to see it again. I don't think I that this looks amusing at all. I mean, I, I've... I thought the first one was at least half amusing, but the, the trailer, the, the one-liners in this are very scattershot and on the level of TV sitcom writing, it looks like. Um, but they just, all of a sudden, this is getting a wide release. This was only supposed to be limited, but last uh, late-in-the-day mm-hmm. change, and this is now going to be a semi-wide release. So, Well, the box office ace average right now is $9.8 million. I'm going 8.5. Where are you going? I went 10.5. Yeah, so. All right, so we're split there. Big yeah. And uh, Unfinished Business, which is Vince Vaughn's latest. Which uh, I really want to see. I know you really want to see it. Um, I mean, what are the chances this isn't a flop? No, this is bad. This is not (laughs) going to do well. Um, Although I think this might have a secondary life on video. Because that's what it looks perfect for, right? I mean, that's how I want to see it when I see it. Which begs the question, are movies like this going to start just coming right onto video on demand? Is this... Well, we're getting close, right? Adam Sandler's already already done his deal with Netflix, so um, stuff like this would be perfect for that. Absolutely. Um, so, what are you going on this one? Uh, I'm gonna go eight. Yeah, I went eight point seven because I like my fractionals, but we're right in line with each other on this. I think most people are pegging this under ten million. Delivery Man, which didn't open up well, at least had legs, and that hung on for a while. Did you like Delivery Man? Uh, it was okay. Okay. I know you weren't keen on it, keen on it, but I've heard decent things about it. I know Chris Pratt's uh, got a little role in that as well. So people saw a pre-Guardians Chris Pratt in that. But um, well, the yeah, I mean his kids are good. The, the actors are all good, but it had at least decent legs. It had a three-time multiplier. So if this opens up with eight and even has a three-time multiplier, well, it had a far is... broader ideal though than Unfinished Business. Looks more of like trying to grab the. The college crowd, almost. I think we have seen the last of the Vince Vaughn $100 million uh, club movies, you know, like Four Christmases, Couples Retreat, things like that that just came out and were they need to sure be fire hits. Um, but those this might be all... good, though. But this this looks um, a little It'll be good, too in, small. Not, but not in the way, yeah, not in the way that it needs to be good. 
right? Or we'll watch it and think, oh, that was pretty good, but it's not, it's not a big movie. Well, the internship was supposed to be, and that didn't, for whatever reason, which I don't think is necessarily that was a bad closer, film. but it just, it's it's really not the, it's not very good. Well, it, it was at least an attempt it to be a bigger. I agree. Yeah, kind you're of, right. Uh, I mean, that was that was a good shot. It just happened to miss. It's unfortunate that with so many misses now, we're in, you get into a row of misses, and then people kind of give up after a while until until we get a hit again, and then maybe he'll be able to come back. Well, that's our predictions for the box office ace prediction game on the standings chart. I still am in fourth place, trailing uh, trailing a couple of you're strong not in contenders fourth place anymore. And uh, no, I thought I was in fourth, and you're in fifth. No, 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 not no. Last we have a new stand. I we updated. Oh, where am I at tonight, my man? Let's Give me the standing. See. Did I drop? You're in. Yeah, I'm in fourth, and you're in sixth. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> Somebody kicked me in the jimmy. Sixth spot, but uh, yeah, focus fucked me up. But lost my focus. Um, we're only eight million apart, so. Well, I mean, the silver lining is always there, I guess. But goodness, I dropped. We're I only ready, thirty. I, we're only thirty million off from from the first. So this is really still very close. We haven't had a very big. I don't, disagreement you know for anyone for anyone we've all been very close with our guesses so far so it's been a close race but we'll see when we get into summer it'll be that's when things are going to get shifty yeah summer and the winter season of course especially with some huge titles on the schedule for this year so you can still get into that box office ace prediction game obviously at boxofficeace.com join in and play against trevor and i Let's jump right into this news, and the big news of the day is that Harrison Ford has made an emergency landing this afternoon on a golf course in Venice, California. Uh, aviation specialists are quoted as saying it was a perfect, perfect landing in such a situation, and you can expect nonetheless from a Air Force One captain on <laughs> Solo. I mean, he made the parcel run in 12, <laughs> I mean, right? The Kessel run in 12 parsecs, I should, should say. So, um... Huh. Does this surprise know. you? I'm surprised Harrison Ford what? didn't just walk out, stitch himself back up, and get in there, fix it, and drive home. I mean, is there anything this guy can't do? Well, he's apparently fine. So, do you think that he know. wasn't allowed? What, what are we to, supposed to say about this? I don't know. I'm just wondering <laughs> if he wasn't allowed to fly these planes during the filming of Star Wars because some uh, shit like this, you know. Well, I'm sure he's not allowed to fly during filming because that would. I mean, for obvious reasons, you're not allowed to do a lot of that kind of stuff. Now, I want you to picture in your mind you're out for a nice day of golf, and you, you not only do you see a fucking plane crash, but out but pops Harrison, Harrison Ford. Ford. Indiana Jones pops out. He's of lucky though. Airplane. I mean, there's no better place to crash than a golf course. There were two doctors there, you know, just just probably golfing or hanging out. You know, it's, it's it is a, it is a, like a golf course. It's a good place. I mean. I mean, this guy is, it's pretty impressive to be honest with you. Um, well, the plane, uh, here's some trivia for you. The plane was built in the same year he was born. So it's as old as he was. <laughs> that machine broke down before his machine did. So yeah, there you go. Yeah. He outlived it. <laughs> well done for the Ford Meister. Keeps on ticking. All right. A little other news here. The Expendables today was announced that it is going to be um, oh, yeah. translated into an event series. And I really don't know what event 
series means anymore? Does that just mean like a television series? But something well, they make a big hoopla is, about? I know they keep they they haven't the word has been sparse, but this is being made by the TV branch of Lionsgate, so it's a, a television thing. Um, I mean, my guess is that it's going to be an actual TV show, but it could just be a series of movies. I don't know. That's what I would. They have uh, no cast. Yeah, no but cast if you, I mean, if I would when like you look at like movie. Marvel Agents of Shield, I mean, this would be practically the same thing as, as or is very similar to that. You know, but you the could, kind you of could, budget needed for an action adventure show is going to be too great for something like Spike or some secondary cable channel to carry. So they're going to have to do. Maybe uh, I disagree. Teams. It just wouldn't be that big. Well, they're talking CBS, right? Um. I mean, CBS is the partner, is the guys on this, along, right. along with Lionsgate TV. So they have backing, but I, I don't know. Is it Could it be good? Sure, it could be amazing, but it's just such an infant stage right now. I, you have to see who, they can, who, can, who are they going to get, yeah. They'd have TV to go in the expendables of TV, you know? You need now, well, Dirk Benedict. The you need, idea, uh, for as far as we hear, but... Is that even possible? I mean, Renegade, you could get. Absolutely. Which would be awesome. Fucking sign me up for that. I'm I'm watching immediately. But I can't think of any other TV shows. Because obviously Chuck Norris is going to be too old. But he could make cameos here and there. He could even be like, you know, the guy running it. The Charlie of Charlie's Um, Angels. Yeah, easily, right? I could see that. There's a $100 million Um, idea. I don't even know if he'd be interested in it, right? At this point, yeah, check retired, if you will. So, yeah, but I don't know. Who who do you get? I don't know. I can't think of anyone. Hulk Hogan? I think, <laughs> no, I think we get Don Johnson, Sammo Hung. We're, uh, we're looking around for other people. Maybe Arsenio Hall in there. We just get a smorgasbord of random actors, throw them all together, and um, let them go for it. Well, Wesley Snipes also is making a television appearance. You hear about this? He's going to be just shooting a pilot. For a, a detective kind of action, detective-y no. um, type television series they're selling him. His first real project um, since The Expendables here on a side note. Uh, so Snipes is going the way of television. And not a bad idea to start getting audiences maybe reacquainted with uh, the actor after he burnt so many bridges in Hollywood uh, during his career. And that's somebody obviously to get for the television <laughs> show. Yeah, he's... Uh, I don't know. I guess he's an actor. <laughs> Used to be, at least. Yeah, I don't know what he's done. Could be good, but sounds, again, sounds, I don't know. I don't think USA is making those kinds of shows anymore, so. They tried doing a show like this a long time ago <laughs> called Soldier of Fortune. Do you recall that? Yeah. Produced by Jerry Bruckheimer. That just, that wasn't very good. Um, and I just hope well, these this, often aren't very good, and they only last. Like I say, if it's not on USA, which then it would last, you know, twenty years. Um, they last maybe, you know, three, four seasons tops before they give up on them. The best chance this has, and it would be on something like Stars or an Upshot little cable deal like that, because um, they would have that is true. Yeah, they would at least back. be able to uh, do some more adult themed things, or at least it would feel like it. It feel a little more similar to the movies, at least. Yeah. Uh, and this is officially kind of, I think, uh, a shot that there is going to be no more feature movies because they're not going to cheapen the brand to such an extent with this television show. 
Oh, you're because not, it was it was such a rich it. brand. <laughs> well, no, but you're not aiding it in any sense. This isn't Marvel Agents of Shield. Yeah, look, I mean, they're old. They're not going to be able to make the movies forever. Um, Strike while the iron's somewhat warm, right? Otherwise, I, obviously, this is Stallone's heavily involved in this. I mean, what's he going to do? Yeah, franchise fatigue. So he's got to set in there. Yeah, he's got to make money. He wants to work. So there you go. You think David O. Russell is going to continue to work with good actors if he keeps treating them like shit? Because uh, reports came from the this. set this week that, uh, or last week, I should say, that Jennifer Russell, Jennifer Lawrence, and David O. Russell got into a huge, huge argument. Um, reports that the set was shut down for a day because of it. Um, Lawrence has come out and said that you know she loves this man. He's a teddy bear and all sorts of things and. Uh, this you know reminds me of obviously the I Heart Huckabee's incident that has mm-hmm. been widely seen, where Russell absolutely exploded on his actors, um, including Lily Tomlin, over and over. Maybe justly in some sense, but obviously over the top. But does a guy like Russell is he allowed to do this? You know, I mean, where, at what point do you say you're just being an asshole? You, you mean, regardless if you're a good filmmaker or not, you're you're just being abusive. Well, uh, or is already, it... I mean, we know that he's done this before. And I think even with Jennifer Lawrence, there's been things said about him fighting with people on every movie, right? What a torturous fucking experience to, to make a movie with this guy then. Yeah, but if, if Clooney he can get you... has come out and said you know, he would never work with him again. Because if he of... can get you an award, yeah, Clooney doesn't need him though. Yeah, if he can get you. An he's award. one of the few guys making big award movies right now. You know, so you can't really. I don't know what can you do with him. He's that he's the scores next Scorsese right now, right? And not in the sense that he's so damn good, but just in the sense that he's making those kind of movies, and not a lot of people are making those. He did have a movie that just came out that he had walked off of a couple of years back, uh, the one with Jessica Biel where she had the arrow in her head. Um. I cannot recall the name know. of it. Uh, it just came out in a limited premiere. It, it really came out and and very quietly um, mm-hmm. a couple weeks back. I want to say Jake Gyllenhaal's. It's got a hell of a cast, and you, if you saw it, you'll you'll know. I don't even think it's completed. Huh. I think they cut it together, uh-huh. scraps of it to make it a movie. But but it just reminds you that you know Russell has worked with huge talent. I mean, he well, sure. was up and for the Fighter, back. American Hustle, and they all come back to him. And you just think like yeah, Mike Wahlberg, God. Um, you know, Batman. Hey, he ain't pulling this shit on Wahlberg, I'll tell you that. Well, I'd like to see him and, and Batman go a couple rounds. Uh, yeah, Christian Bale? You know that that shit would get... I mean, that would end in a fist fight. Well, yeah, well, maybe in Bale's weakened state as Dicky. It ain't working out so well. Maybe, but him. he still had all the, you know, fake movie training. <laughs> right. He might be able to do some damage to David O'Russell. <laughs> maybe that should be the next movie. Just watching Bale beat the shit out of David O'Russell. I think I, I'd like that more than anything I've seen O'Russell make so far. Uh, but the point is that it's hard for me because of all this behind the scenes shit you hear about the guy and, and this kind of It's hard behavior. to like him. <laughs> it's not hard to like it. His movies are almost clouded in a way. It, to me, it carries over to the uh, movies. It it's hard for me to like his movie. It's almost like Paul Thomas Anderson uh-huh. in a lot of ways. Because Paul Thomas Anderson movies are are defiant to me. You know, it, it's the same kind of thing. Like me if you want. You know, I don't care. Like me if you want. I'm a genius. You don't get that attitude from it? No. <laughs> That's what I feel from it, damn it. I don't get that. 
All right, all right, well, it's fine. I'm a little sensitive. I liked David O. Russell's stuff. I liked his early stuff. I really liked Flirting with Disaster. I think that's kind of his un, unseen Well, Three Kings, oh, please. It's really not that good. I don't know why everyone says that thing's such a great thing. It's, it's, it's okay, but it's, I don't know. The latest stuff he's done is probably much better, but Three Kings is really good. Three Kings is undoubtedly yeah, excellent. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, there's, there's. Can't say anything bad about that. Yeah, so. But you would have never have known that him and Clooney, you know, got into a huge fight on that movie. Because the movie is so good, but but the fact that Clooney. But you would wouldn't have... know on most of his movies that he was mean to people. The, the movies don't play like that. I mean, I understand what you're saying, but the movies themselves don't have that any anger doesn't seem to come through in it and yet he's still getting nominated so i mean other people in the industry nominate him that have obviously worked i think the movies speak for themselves yeah yeah Yeah. let's move on and talk real briefly here about robert townsend who we have not spoken about uh at all because he has not been in the news he's been gone yeah (laughs) um but he you know i liked robert townsend when he was doing his thing i mean i liked a lot of his movies and even him as a personality, I always found kind of a warm screen presence. Uh, he is going to be back directing a remake of Brewster's Millions, which some might remember was the 1985 comedy star Richard Pryor and John Candy. And I think about that and I thought, like, that's not a very good movie. I mean, it's a cool concept. A guy's got 48 hours. At the time, it made a lot of money. It, it did, but it's directed by Walter Hill, the original. That is a bizarre mm. credit to me. Can you fucking believe that? Walter Hill? And this is the guy who directed 48 Hours, yeah. which kind of has comedic elements, but really is well known for hard kind of like westerns and, and, and gangster pictures, genre pictures really, but not anything comedic. I, I, I looked at that. I thought, I thought it was a misprint. I couldn't believe Walter Hill directed the first one. I don't really remember the first one being all that funny. I mean, but you're forgetting – I mean, Walter Hill has – Directed a lot of stuff, including, um, you know, comedies. Well, 48 Hours had com- yeah. comedic elements. It's not an outright comedy like Beverly Hills Cop is or even Trading Places. No, but I would still say it's... I mean, he's just he doesn't just do one thing. Yeah, but I mean, I just thought that was bizarre when I saw that credit. I was expecting John Landis. I don't know who I was expecting. Some... 80s fluffmeister, mm-hmm. but not not Walter sure. Hill, you know. Uh, so it, it just it was kind of bizarre to me. But the casting here has got to be everything. You think they try to go? Uh, they try to go highball with this? I fucking have no idea. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I don't know where you go with this. Um, I don't even know if this is a good idea. Well, we said that about a couple remakes, and they are doing it nonetheless. So I guess the less said, the better on this, but. Robert Townsend, good to see him back behind the camera. He did direct a very small movie with Bing Rames about the life of Sonny Liston called The Phantom Punch. Mm-hmm. I reviewed a couple years back, and it just it was really off. Bing Rames was, was excellent in the role, but that movie was, was dog shit. So uh, hopefully he's back in better form than that because that was really, really bad. Maybe because well, budget. some movies that I really liked, Red Heat and um... – I mean, that last Stallone one he did was pretty good. Are you talking about Walter Hill? I was talking about Townsend. Oh. Yeah, you know, Walter Hill, absolutely. Shit, Walter Hill, you want to... One of the most... Two of the most underrated Walter Hill ones are Extreme Prejudice, which I always recommend, and Johnny Handsome, which is the best mm-hmm. Mickey Rourke movie no one's ever seen. That is well, a Streets hard... Streets of Fire. Movie. I mean, he's done so much Streets stuff. Streets of Fire. I just, love Streets of Fire. 
randomly weird, but still very good. Yeah, I, mean, I tried to watch is really good. Streets of Fire recently, and I only have it on DVD, right? And uh, my new TV's got that super uh, HD high frame rate shit, you know, that I was telling you about that I love mm-hmm. and that you, you scoff at me. That movie looks so – it ghosts so bad hmm. on this uh, – I can't even watch it. I gotta, mm-hmm. I don't know if they have it on Blu-ray or not, but I mean Streets yeah, I of Fire. So. I think there's a special Blu-ray edition that came out a couple years ago maybe. I thought well, I saw – takes care of my ghosting problem there but yeah streets of fire is fantastic but streets of fire is kind of well known but i'm telling you johnny handsome is a fantastic Mm -hmm. film noir that most people has not seen put on your netflix account if you haven't seen it uh it's it's really worth a watch it's a great great uh, crime thriller with mickey rourke before he left to become a boxer for a brief period of time check it out let's take a quick break oh please yes all right, we'll come back with some reviews in just a minute. Proud member of the Lamb Podcasting Network. Find the network at largeassmovieblogs.com. News podcast, we talk movies. We talk TV. We talk... Hello, Julie, what the heck are you doing? Trying to make our spots sound more exciting by adding explosions. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you could have got the point across with sound effects, not the real thing. Download this show on iTunes or at simplisticreviews.blogspot.com. I'm sure your insurance company will cover that. No, they won't. No, they probably won't. Okay. And right. we're back. And we are here again. Oh, uh, let's do something. You didn't do the trivia. I didn't do the trivia. You ready for the trivia? You're waiting for my trivia, huh? I didn't, I didn't want to stump you again. Now, the last week you got it, didn't you? I find your trivia to be trivial. I find it to be exactly the title <laughs> of this column. So thank you for the lead-in on our trivial trivia. And tonight, it is about gangster movies, but not the gangster movies you're thinking of, gangster comedies. So think of that as we go into this. And it is Nora Ephron, who's well-known from, what, uh, Sleepless in Seattle, mm-hmm. with Harry Met Sally, a bunch of good ones there. You watched a whole bunch of Nora Ephron movies recently, right? You got mail and things like that? Yeah, I did. yeah. Good writer. I like Nora Ephron. I think she passed away, actually. I think she's the late Nora Ephron, I should say. Uh, she was married at one point to Goodfellas writer Nicholas Pelleglia, who also wrote Casino. And um, while he was getting information from Henry Hill, which would later turn into the experiences that would make the book for Wise Guy, which got turned into Goodfellas, this course has a classic, she used the idea of a guy with his protection for the vehicle of a Steve Martin movie. What is the name of this Steve Martin comedy? Are you there? Am I doing it now or are we? I don't know. Do you, you have we, it? Are we waiting for it? No, give it to me if you got Wanna, it. Big my guy. Blue Heaven, yeah. My Blue Heaven, you're right. With Rick Moranis as well. The Rick, the, this movie is void of laughs, is it not? But it's kind of pleasant, right? It's one of those pleasant movies, but it's not really funny. Does it's it sense? not really good. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... It's just, uh, like I said, this is a movie that I know of, but um, I always forget it's part of Steve Martin's canon. You know, it's part of his. his What I recall about this movie the most is that they build this awesome little league field, you know, for the Mm -hmm. kids. Um, But yeah, this was a very minor entry. I think it's 1991, 1992, somewhere in there. Yeah, but interesting. Interesting how that idea sprouted was uh, was probably you know from listening to Henry Hill's exploits of what he was doing in the witness protection program and which well, apparently was nothing. Yeah, 
<laughs> <laughs> Using a, a fish store, pet store yeah. as, a, as a front. All right. All right. Well, I'm glad we got that trivial trivia out of the way. If you do have a trivia question or if you have something you'd like read on air and we like to read it on air, you might want to put it on our Facebook page or email okay. Trevor or I. Let's move on and talk about some movies. What have you seen recently? All kinds of stuff. I want to talk about Predestination because this is okay. that Ethan Hawke movie that I've been dying uh -huh. to see. I'm a big Ethan Hawke fan. It's the poor man's Tom Cruise, in my opinion. I love the guy. Um, I really uh, do like Ethan Hawke. I see that. And I want to know what's going on with this movie because I've heard nothing but good things about this. Yeah, this movie's pretty damn awesome. This um, is Predestination we're talking about. Predestination. Uh, this movie's about time loop. I mean, this this thing, uh, really, if you want to get into time loops, um, this thing puts Looper to fucking shame. Uh, and I can't talk a lot about it because I don't want to give it away. You can figure it out, but the layers of this thing are like, oh, I figured it out. Oh, no, oh, oh, and then I figured. Oh, and then I figured this out. Oh, and then and then that's that. Oh, and this is that. Would it and be it goes the along like viewing? that, and it's just fucking uh, great. I, you know, it, it the it, this is definitely a one off. Is the, the first time you see it, it's going to be the best time you see it because any, any multiple viewings you're already going to know, no matter what. You're never going to forget. Um, but yeah, for. I don't know. It's it's really really good. That the writing is um, just great. The acting is fucking amazing. Um, there's to give you an idea. This movie starts. This movie's not an action movie um, by any means. Even though they try to sell it as that, it's not. And it starts off. They show. They're like, oh, and there's time travel. You're like, okay, that's cool. And then it uh, steps into a bar scene. And it's just Ethan Hawke uh, talking with Sarah Snook. Uh, she plays um, the other. Again, it's hard to talk about, but she plays, okay, she another, plays another character. The female character. The female character, if you will. Um, well, I guess I'm not giving anything away because you know, already know she's she's a female, but she comes into the bar looking like a man, and he almost mistakes her for a man. Until she says, you know, I'm a I'm a female, and they make this bet that she has this story that she's going to tell him uh, that's going to be this just going to blow his mind, and uh, he says, fine, whatever. And they get into it, and she tells this whole story um, about essentially her her past and and where she comes from and, and and all this, and it has literally nothing to do with time travel for a long time, but it's so goddamn captivating, and the story's so fucking odd. And it's so good the way it's shot, the way um, the story unfolds. Just this little story of this person telling, talking to another person in a bar. It, it's, I don't know, it's like movie magic. It's like someone's created something out of nothing in a way. Um, but just, just really good. Um, very good twists and turns is all I could say. I really, I don't want to ruin it. I don't want to say, I don't want to yeah, talk too much about it because I don't want to ruin it because. Right it's really not. I mean, it is a little bit. It does prepare you for it. I, we were, I wasn't prepared for it, for that to happen. I thought this was going to be more of an action movie. Um, all uh, um, the Spirit Brothers first uh, movie with um, with him, Daybreakers, Daybreakers, the vampire movie, which was a little bit more on the action side. This movie's not at all. This movie's all uh, cerebral. Um, and yeah, you, if you don't expect it to be, it's really weird because you're like, where the fuck is this going? And then when it hits, you're like, oh, shit. 
And it really so is a good it. job. I recommend it a lot. I loved it. All right. Highest recommendation then from you. And uh, another one I want to talk about here before I get into my review, one that very much surprised me was The Fault in Our Stars. Now, I've heard, once again, surprisingly positive reaction to this movie. <laughs> I'm not a fan of the lead actress. I find her highly like obnoxious. Her. Is this going to ruin my viewing of this Shailene movie? Shailene Woodley. I, I like her. Um... I guess. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what you don't like about her. So she's too self-conscious in her acting. I, I find her acting to be very. I don't get that from her at all. No, not even. I, I thought it was really bad and divergent. No. No. Oh goodness. Okay. However, in this, the movie. I think she's good. I like her. I thought she was great in this. Um. Uh, the other acting, obviously, very good as well and I liked the movie a lot I thought it was really good it surprised you? surprising? I don't know if it's surprising I mean it's everything you'd expect it to be it's just a step above um, a lot of the other stuff similar things that, that, were, that were out there you know, I, it's, so, it's not a new idea by any means no I mean um, Christ not. But this is a I love do, story for the new generation but. it's it's ah but it's really not see how far into it did you get they do this whole thing where she um, you know how many how many times have we heard now especially as of well, I haven't but, seen this thing yet no I think personally about, um, I've only okay, seen the trailer well, let me tell you a little bit what, it, what it's actually about um, it is a love story sure but she goes to she they uh she loves this book and it's about uh, the book is about uh, death you know it's about someone dying and but she thinks it's like the truest uh, they don't pull punches the, the author doesn't uh, pull punches it's the truest um, thing she can relate to because she herself has almost died several times uh, a couple times you know she's a cancer person and she meets this kid and she recommends this book to him and he really gets into it as well and they have a romance and whatnot they go to meet um the author they they get a chance to to meet him um kind of a before they she dies kind of a thing kind of like the guy who gets to go see star trek 2 before he before he died and all those kind of real things and and fanboys in a way it's a bit it's a bit like fanboys um but better actually than fanboys um and william defoe plays this this author and it's not i I don't know it's this movie's never i guess you know it's never what you what you expect I'm already half amazed that it's not just about some girl who's dying in a bed somewhere in a hospital slowly. I didn't have I had any sort of that's what I'm saying. You got a dreams type watch, moment where they go find the elusive it. author. It's, it's pretty good. They got uh, a lot of things happen. Now did it, uh, like did it touch you? Did you get a little choked up there? Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, but but because of like I say, there's other things in it. It's not just these people. Um, and I'm not gonna. I don't want to ruin the ending, but it's. You know, inevitable. I guess you can see it coming. I didn't see it coming because I got caught up in the secondary story with the author and stuff. But they do. Uh, you know, there are twists. There are things in it. All right, keep my eye out for that one then. I've heard re- repeatedly, like I said, good things about this. So yeah, it's it's way better. It's better than you think it would be. I guess it is unexpected in many Which, ways. Unexpected. I take that exactly, back. Yeah. It is unexpected. It's it's much better than you think. Believe me. Unexpected is how I would term the Kingsman, which I saw this week, and um, in a good way. Oh yeah. I mean, honestly, I give this one. Um, so people are gonna mock maybe when I say this, but I give it our highest rating. I give it the four star. I, I give this one. 
it's as good as Triple X, which is, uh, you know, people will laugh when I say that, but I know you're mm-hmm. a fan of that movie. I thought that was a lot of fun mm-hmm. playing with the Bond image. This is smarter than that movie by a long shot. It's smarter it's more, how? In story or in little jabs? Is this jokey at all? Oh, uh, absolutely. The humor okay. is very there. Um, but it's also. Um, it's very English. Let's, let's not, you know, mix any things here. The, the accents can be a little tough to, to work through at some points. Hmm. Um, but it's also got, it's made for and made by people that are, are Bond fanatics. And there's a very telling line in this movie when, because they they reference Bond and Jason Bourne and Jack Bauer and things like that. Uh-huh. And somebody says, you know, are you a fan of the Bond movies? And he says, the earlier ones, the new ones are too serious. <laughs> And it's it's true, you know, and this movie and that has movie is that not serious, kind of goofy. It's the anti-Skyfall, you know, it, it's it's mm-hmm. just in the same realm of things that are going on and, uh, you know, that kind of universe of the super spy and the gentleman and whatnot. But uh, I like the main kid. I, it's very triple X in the fact that this is the recruitment one. You know, this is where they pull him off the streets and they put him through the test and can he make it and is he going to be an agent even though he's on the edge and you know, all that kind of stuff, but it all works. And any, any movie that ends with an anal sex joke, I am in on. I mean, this movie is funny. <laughs> it's exceedingly violent, but, but it's you didn't, also He didn't like the interview fun. as much. <laughs> I didn't like interview as much, um, but this one, man, I'm telling you. Um, so this one I, gets it right. It's just, it's cast very well. It's written mm-hmm. very smart. And I've never been a fan of these movies even like Kick-Ass, I thought, you know, I'm, I'm mildly interested in. I like Kick-Ass. Uh, yeah, but even that, it's hard for me to get in something that's so, it's just kind of like a spoof of the genre. Where so this, aware of what it is. Yeah, and this, yeah. it worked in, in this for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. The action worked, um, the, the the acting, the writing, I don't, it's a little mm-hmm. long, uh, but at the same time, aren't all Bond movies a little long? <laughs> but it looked so. really entertaining, like the action looked um, entertaining, even in the trailers at least. When it came out and made the money it made and has now had the word of mouth and the legs it's had, I can see why. You know, you watch something like mm-hmm. this and you go, okay, I get it. This is franchise now. I, I would I would actually welcome a sequel, although I don't know how they could do that. But I really do like the kid who played the main role. Colin Firth's good. And even Samuel Jackson uh, with his little lisp in his you know, world domination uh, is, is fun. Every, it's just a fun movie. So – and everybody – is just as smart as everybody else in this. You know, the bad guy isn't some sort of dumb fool. Everybody knows what their role is, and they're very aware of it in the sense of how they fit in the black kind of Bond universe. And hmm. so uh, it's fun. Cool. All right. Movie that's not so fun, very quickly here, is Focus, the Will Smith movie. I just got a chance to catch this one. And very briefly here, I will say I give it a modest recommendation. Uh, two great scenes the movie does not make, but they do have two great scenes in this movie, and it feels like they... Well, is more comedy or more serious? Uh, it's a lot more serious, but they do have moments of comedy in it. There's a great supporting turn by a character who plays a, a very large computer geek. Uh, very, uh, you know, we'll say sexual things in very bad moments. But large is in fat or large is yeah, in super geek? <laughs> large, both. Um, okay. And uh, it, it, it's funny, but, you know, Will Smith's very charismatic and very good in this role. And Margaret Robbie from Wolf of Wall Street is stunningly beautiful. I mean, mm-hmm. she is just it's a modern beauty. It's just, I'm kidding your eyes off her. Uh, so she's very good in this too. I, I like their chemistry in the movie. I just wanted the movie to be more. I thought it had all the elements to be a little bit more substance. And it just it was kind of 
on the surface. I mean, there really wasn't a lot at stake a lot of the, at a lot of the points in this movie when you thought there would be. And like I said, there's two great scenes, and I feel like the rest of the movie was just a clothesline to plot around. I felt like they had the ending in the middle, and they tried to figure out how the fuck they could work the rest of the scenes to connect it all because it really is two different movies. It's about two short films that they combined into one movie. So it's a little disjointed, but... Hmm. Um, modest recommendation because of the clever writing because the dialogue is nice uh, these guys can write you saw crazy stupid love you know it uh, seems and, overly long yeah crazy yeah. stupid love's a little overly long like a little overly complicated but it works out where oh okay it's, it's worth it it's really good but this movie felt the same way like maybe you know and when that kind of stuff doesn't hit necessarily 100 percent, it does it feels like a, a little bit of a weight on the movie you know, I just always con artist movies. You have to compare to other con artist movies because this is it's true. There and some of those are hard to get through. And I would say the only one that I think absolutely got it right was Matchstick Men because the ending of that was such but a even wow. And that was, movie feels overly long. It feels a little. Well, that's a, that's a really Scott one it. because it's yeah, it's, that one's very atmospheric. This mm-hmm. one they try to give it that weight, um, but it's really comes off as insubstantial. Yeah. It's as it's as light as in the caper that they pull and, and the way they get away with things, it's almost like, come on, Ocean's 11 was a little bit more believable. So, um, <laughs> well, that's a lot of vote of confidence in that regard. <laughs> yeah. So when, when things are finally explained hmm. and you, you walk out of the theater, you shouldn't rethink the, the, the scheme too much, but you know, a mild recommendation on that. What about laggies? Talk about laggies for a little laggies, bit. Laggies again, loved it. Uh, I, I thought this was really good. This is a, I would place this squarely in the independent film genre. Um, it's a comedy uh, romance about a, a young woman who's going through a quarter life crisis, a la young adult in a way. Uh, her boyfriend proposes to her and she uh, doesn't really fit in with her friends anymore with that, the group from high school. And she befriends this 16 year old uh, girl uh, played by Chloe Grace Moretz, Chloe Grace Moretz um, and the young woman's uh, Kira Knightley. And winds up spending a week uh, hiding out at, to find herself at this uh, girl's house. Uh, I thought it was great. Um, and it has, uh, the performances are, I think, off the chart. The the writing, again, great. Just dialogue's wonderful in this. Um, it's funny. And goddamned if Sam Rockwell isn't just awesome. And why is he not in more things? Yeah, I like Sam Rock. I mean, he's a great screen presence. Holy shit. Every single time I forget you forget about him. He's so forgettable off-screen for some reason. I don't know why, but every time he's on screen, uh just, you know, blows you away and even in something as simple as this, uh yeah, just really good. So I like this one too. Yeah, I thought uh, this one was good. Now, Annabelle was the horror film from October, which is the sequel of The Conjuring. I didn't see this yet. No, I never saw The Conjuring. You haven't seen The Conjuring. The Conjuring's really good. But I'm not a horror guy. Now, you're a Uh, horror guy. The Conjuring's really good. Watch The That's what everybody said. Now, is this worth watching, though, if I watch The Conjuring? This is more of a jump scare movie. But is it worth it? It's it's a prequel, right, to what's going on there? No, it's a, just a spinoff. It, it has nothing to do with The Conjuring, really, aside from the doll, which makes an appearance in The Conjuring. You know, it kind of. It really doesn't have anything to do with Conjuring at all. Okay, but this doll now has now her own Chucky type. This is just telling you, Jewish. yeah, the creation and story of this of the evil doll. Um, 
it's 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 not a bad movie uh it, but it's just a standard horror movie worth the uh, we're seeing out. yeah you like horror movies here watch it it was okay you know but it's not the conjuring this is not um yeah the conjuring's just yeah it's just a good movie it's like the exorcist you know it's kind of like it's one of those things where you're just like oh yeah this is just it kind of breaks it's a horror movie sure but it kind of breaks out of those boundaries a little bit you know out of that genre yeah i, I just it's hard for me to get into the horror stuff it really is especially when it then is, you probably uh, wouldn't like this <laughs> yeah when it's when it's this kind of i mean very rarely do they work but when they do mm-hmm. work i uh, mean they get under my skin but uh this this I, I mean the conjuring i was told because was it last summer or the summer before how how well it is. My kind of horror stuff is is like The Purge, even though people will say it's more of an action movie, but yeah. maybe that's why it's my kind of horror stuff. But I like the the, the thinking that's behind more that. Guts and like, uh, okay, but that's The Conjuring too. I mean, you're talking about The Purge too, really, is what you're talking about, right? Right. And that's how The Conjuring is. I mean, The Purge too. To me, I watched that too, and I'm like, oh, this is a real movie. You know, it goes beyond the genre. It goes beyond the necessary means to just of a, just a genre movie. And it becomes, it has a real movie is in there. And that's how the conjuring kind of is. You know, it's not, whereas Annabelle is just kind of like, yeah, bad shit happens. There's a ghost. It's in this doll. <laughs> what I'm saying that this isn't any, like the grudge part two or any sort of like shit sequel like that. It's, it's not a, a bad horror. Yeah. It's not a shitty. Um, I didn't think it was a shitty movie. It's just not, you know, a good, I'd say it's a it's a solid three star horror movie. You know, you watch it, you get everything you want out of it. You just don't. It, there's no elevation. You know, you don't get anything else. And of course, they leave the door open for a sequel, right? Yeah. Well, I, sure. I mean, I mean, I do guess. they set it up specifically like the last scene is just totally the lead out for a sequel? That's like the horror movie. No, uh, but little standby. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, it starts, I guess, sequel primed from the beginning. Yeah. I mean, and it did the very thing well, about the dolls so in, in The Conjuring, I mean, they didn't show. This isn't the story of how the, peop, the, the people in The Conjuring get the doll. It's the story of the doll. So they could do a sequel to this. But in The Conjuring, the doll is being kept in there, um, you know, like Indiana Jones style. A basement trunk? where they have all the shit the evil stuff that they found is kept in this glass case um and is it's like blessed by a priest you know every week or whatever and and so that's where it is you can't really do anything after that but there is space in between to make a sequel and i'm sure they will i mean sequel ready for any horror movies so they're looking for the next one it made money in a way i guess so you finally caught up with Gone Girl. Yes, I did. I didn't like Gone Girl. I liked the first hour of Gone Girl. What did you think? Well, that's was. I mean, I liked Gone Girl. Um, I the whole like thing. It. Yeah, obviously, I liked the whole thing, but it, I didn't like it as much as the other um, things in its area. But the problem, like you say, you like the first half, didn't like the second half. And that was kind of my whole issue with this movie was, um, and I guess we can, can we fully talk about this? Absolutely. Once the reveal this that is Ben so Affleck, old, right? spoiler, spoiler alert. <laughs> spoiler once, alert. I guess we should say if you haven't seen it, it's taken me a long time, but you're right. Once, once you, once you know that she's still alive, 
Right. At the minute it that hits, you're like, everything. whoa, now we have to start over again. And you literally, it's like starting over a new movie. Right. In a movie that's less like interesting that. with a character I don't like, who really, who's really, uh, I thought it was still good because I was still on, no. I still like the Ben Affleck side of it. Okay. It's like, okay, well now he's now she's crazy, obviously batshit crazy, but we're going to deal with him trying to beat her. Okay, but with I the, still like that part of it. I agree that everything that Affleck's character was doing was still uh, intriguing, but uh-huh. everything that her character was doing was so standard. Did you not know she was going to get robbed by those people? Did you not know she was going to go back to the other guy? Did she not know she yes, was going to Yes, but I didn't know how him? she was going to get out of the situation, which turned out to be not very good. But I was wondering myself, like, oh, because there was a lot of setup. Like, like you think, oh, well, maybe is she going to be outed by people who saw her? Maybe... Uh, maybe this, maybe that. There was so many was directions scenes, they man. could go. Yeah, they turned out to be useless. But while the I was watching where she it, interviews it was the guy okay. in prison who she claimed rape on before. Why didn't he? Why didn't the people at the campground step forward and say, "This is that person who was here"? There's a lot of loose elements in that movie that I did not care for. Uh, and I really, thought that worked because you didn't know because that sets you up to not know what necessarily was going to happen next. In the end, they weren't used, and yeah, in a way, it's a bit of a letdown because really they didn't. I, the ending is just like, yeah, all right, you know, it kind of goes against because you you want you want him to win, really, right? And he doesn't. It, it, not only does he but, not win, I mean, it's it's a mess. I think the well, he's I, a I little just, bitch in the end, as far as I'm <laughs> concerned. I was like, good god, you know, but. I don't know. I, th- I thought that that wasn't necessarily a bad thing. I thought the movie started strongly, and after about an hour in, when the reveal is done, and she turns into sort of like Hitchcockian vamp who's running around with this <laughs> bright blonde hair, and she turns into this femme fatale character. It just really. But neither uh, one of them. It didn't. It wasn't I mean, interesting. I do to me. say you want him to win, but when they do the when they turn it around on him. Um, and she's still alive and all that. Suddenly, they try to make him like a better person, but he's an asshole for the whole for half the first half of the movie. He's not like a nice. He's not a good person. There's no good person in this fucking movie. There Maybe isn't a likable sister. character in this movie. Find me one likable character in yeah, the movie. Yeah, I know that's what I mean. So that's not my really problem as well. It was I a two know. and a half hour movie with people I didn't like. So. Yeah, and not in a good way. I can like movies about people yeah, I don't so. like, but this was very irritating to me. So yeah, I'm glad you, you got the same overall impression of that. But you are giving it um, a recommendation, though, because of... I think it's worth seeing for people. I think people are going to enjoy it. You, you know, it's not as good... Uh, yeah, it's got its fucking problems. But at least it's an elevation above a lot of the other shit out there. You know, it does... It's the lower end of the high end, if you will, is what I would say. That should be on the poster or the DVD box. <laughs> it's true. It's not not as good as you think it's going to be, but uh, not as bad as it could have been. You know? uh, it's I, worth you, watching, I thought. That was my yeah, exact yeah. reaction. But it's a throwaway thing, right? Like, I would never want to watch this ever again. I want you to see Interstellar next because that's exactly how I felt. The the, the low end of the high point of the yeah. low end, or vice versa. The low end of the high point. Um, yeah, the Gone Girl's a one-trick pony. And uh, people were... You wanted to tell me, oh, you know, on a second viewing, I said, my goodness, on a second viewing, there's enough Fincher movies I'd rather review <laughs> than. Yeah, than how did you? How did you have a second viewing? I don't know. I think other Ben Affleck stuff. I mean, obviously Argo. You know, Hollywood Land. The town. Oh yeah, Hollywood Land's really good for a lot of people haven't um, haven't seen that. But of course, I mean, Gone Baby Gone is to me the high mark of of those of all those movies. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, but I was really disappointed in Gone Girl because this was the one that really kicked off uh, Oscar season, and it just didn't hit for me. Okay, let's, uh, let's do the trailer attic portion of the show. Take a break and come back, or you want to jump right into it? You make the call. I don't know how to break. Are we going to do this streaming thing? Oh, yeah. Let's do the streaming yeah, pick of the week. If you want to. Oh, shit. All righty. Who's going first? Uh, I'll let you go first. <laughs> I get to go first? Yeah. Are any of your uh, recommendations streaming? My, uh, no. Nope. But I do have a recommendation for a Sam Rockwell movie. What you got? It fits within the indie uh, genre, since that's apparently what I'm into right now. Uh, but I watched this a while back. It's a movie called The Winning Season. He plays a coach of, of like a high school uh, girls basketball team. And he's this drunk, horrible uh, person. Um, Emma Roberts is the girl that he kind of mentors, or part of this this team. Um, and I really liked it. Streaming, uh, you know, it's not the most amazing movie ever, but it's really good. And Sam Rockwell's fucking awesome in it, um, as he is in everything. So if, if you like him... Uh, definitely check it out. Winning season. All right. Well, I got a sports pick for you as well. Uh, mine's kind of a cheat because it is on the Netflix streaming service, and it's really the, one of the 30 for 30 ESPN installments. But uh, it's about – it's called Of Miracle in Men, and it is about the 1980 Russian hockey team. They've done a longer documentary that we talked about a couple weeks ago called Red Army on the show. This is a truncated version, and it is well worth your time. They really do a good job humanizing these uh, Russian machines as we saw them from 1980 and uh, the men behind the politics. So I guess we both have sports movies here. I wanted to see the winning season. I did see that on there. and um, It's really good just because like if, it, if anyone else was in it, yeah, it might not have been uh, as good, but... Rockwell is a nice, interesting presence so on Springs. He's so quirky too. You know, he he dances mm-hmm. around a lot. I mean, yeah. he's dancing around to James Brown. He's always smoking. He's got an offbeat delivery. He's kind of like a a better looking Giovanni Ribisi in a weird way. And when I think of like a movie like Moon, or um, yeah. you know, what was so good about Moon? What was freaking Sam Rockwell was the best part. He's the best part of most of the movies he's in. Yeah, Charlie's Angels, he's the villain. It works because of that. You know, The first one, he's great in that. Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, I can think of plenty of movies. Yeah, he's I would really in. like to see him in more stuff, you know. And Prime, really, he'd be great in like a Marvel movie. You know, he'd be great because he, he can do characters. So. He's actually underrated as a comedian, too. He's got a very dry delivery, I think, that uh, can yeah, work. Yeah, which is why he was so good in Laggies because he, he plays – I guess that's why he's so good in the indie realm. Moon's really an indie sci-fi movie, you know, because he's very he can do comedy in a serious fashion, you know, which is what that requires. Yeah, yeah big ups to him. Okay, let's take a trailer break addict. and get to the trailer addict. Trailers can be wondrous things, giving us insight into the unseen movies of the future. But when they're bad, fire photon torpedoes. Shields up, red alert. Prepare for trailer addict. We have a number of trailers today. We have a Good God. Plethora. Everything ranging from I don't low budget to high budget, right? And I have to say, I'm not going to do anything no away that I'm excited about most of the trailers on today's show. I really am. Uh, I think the one I'm most excited about that I want to talk about extremely quickly here is Ex Machina, because I don't know what I saw here, but I like <laughs> it. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, my fear for this is that this is just a your standard run uh, sci-fi. And watching the trailer, you get the sense I don't, it's it's just such a basic sci-fi movie. And the guy shows up; he's going to test this robot, right, for her AI ability at this guy's private compound. And then it turns out to be, well, who's testing who? And you think, well, shit, you know, I mean, I don't know. Who's the robot? Is he a robot? Is this that? What's this? You know, standard sci-fi stuff. But it is written and directed by Alex Garland, who did uh, The Beach, who did, you know, a lot of things. But he also was behind that Dread script that we really liked. So Mm. this looks like that kind of low budget. I saw this trailer in the theater, and it looked gorgeous on a large screen. I was very Mm. impressed when A24 came up, and then the next shot was a helicopter flying over. (laughs) Beautiful. uh, You know, I mean, I just didn't expect anything kind of vast. What had millions of dollars of budgets on it? I mean, the budget for this was like close to twenty million or something. It's beautiful. Look, it's a small movie, but not that small. It looks like it go along the lines of Splice or something like that, which plays with the whole sexuality. Good either. That's my worry, though. Is every time they try to do this low, the high end of the low budget sci fi stuff, it turns out to be a bit of a letdown. Yeah, like Splice. Which we at least yeah. had a few scenes that were intriguing, but um, what's well, an intriguing like, idea? You know, I, I understand why the movie gets made, and I understand why this gets made to to why they take a shot at it. But I don't. I'm worried that it's gonna not be something that good. I'm excited as well because Oscar Isaac's is in this, who I thought was fantastic in a most violent year, and is quickly becoming one of my favorite actors. These guys are real chameleon, so I think uh, he plays a scientist in this, the guy that gets him onto the island mm-hmm. or into the compound. So. Um, huge change of pace from what he just did. So I was, I couldn't believe that was him. I was listening to the voice and I thought, my goodness. Um, moving <laughs> on, let's, different. let's talk about Sean Penn in The Gunman, directed by uh, Pierre Morel, who did the original Taken. This is based on a bestseller, and this is really Sean Penn's bid to get into that Liam Where Neeson. has he been? Uh, do you miss him? I'm not a Sean Penn fan. Are you guys? Neither Sean am Penn? I. Neither am I. But uh, that's because I don't really see him in a lot of things. I know people you know, really do like him, but I don't, I can't recall a lot Why of he's liked. stuff that I'm, yeah, that I'm like, that's so good. Although this looks great and he looks good in it. You think this looks great? I actually think this looks like the worst one on our show today. I really, I thought this, this looked perfectly fine. I thought it looked, uh, well, I'm, I don't know. I got, there's, there's others ones that look worse than this. This at least plays into its wellhouse and looks to be exactly uh, what you would expect to get out of it. It looks along the lines no, of the November Man, though. I mean, Sean you could have put Penn. Oh, Sean no, Penn. I think this looks way better than November Man. Well, only because it's got a better cast. Well, it's the same type well, of idea. The slow motion walking cast. away and, uh, you know, can you do this at your age? No, and are, who's out after you? I think the trailers are very different. These movies sound very different. This This feels more like a ramped up action film. I get like the international slash the November Man vibe from this. I mean, but then again, I'm not a Sean Penn guy, and I really don't miss him. I thought he was good in the Walter Mitty cameo that he had as that uh, kind yeah. of eccentric photographer. I thought he, he played was that good in well. That. If you haven't seen, um, I mean, the one movie, and I mean, we talk about movies, uh, types of movies I don't like, the the multiple storyline movies. But there's a movie called Twenty One Grams that he's really good in, and it's a really good movie. I mean, people will point to Milk and Mystic River and stuff like that, but the only movie—I I mean, Twenty One Grams—I like didn't mind. Um, but Twenty One Grams quite a lot. Yeah, no, it was, it was good. He's he was he, really he's good, good in it. it. Um, that's a very sad movie. That's it's a hard watch. But the one I really liked back in the day was The Falcon and the Snowman with uh-huh. him and Timothy Hutton, where they were selling uh, 
two California kids that were selling Russian or secrets to the Russians in the eighties. And that's a crazy movie. And he, he's very good as a cokehead in the eighties, a Robert Downey Jr. type performance. But Sean Penn seems like such of a prick in real life that he comes off like that in the movies. And you're really, you're really into getting into people in real life and put and projecting that into. Their I guess movies, I can't get away you? from it because Penn's just such a prick. I mean, his his acting is hailed as this kind of method. Um, I know, and I don't get that because so I don't think it's that good. Iconic. It's not. It's not interesting to me. It's too lazy on the screen. But I just don't see it. I guess that amazing Sean Penn acting. I don't see it. Me, me neither. It's like Ryan Gosling. I mean, very rarely does that show up anymore. I think I don't. I don't have anything against him. I think he's perfectly fine. I just don't see the why everyone thinks he's so great. Okay, so we're a little split on this one. That's fine. It's really it's it's the it's called the Gunman. It's not a very important movie. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's about as important as Three Days to Kill. Yeah. All right, this one is going to be interesting though. Raiders, the greatest fan film ever made, is yeah, a documentary on. Uh, a fan movie that was made. This was a project that took seven I years liked to make. This idea, uh, or uh, I liked when they found this movie, and we, I, I think we even talked about it. We did. Um, then, yeah, great idea for a documentary. I'm very interested in seeing this. Yeah, this they're chronicling the fact that these kids made a shot-for-shot remake of Raiders of Lost Ark from 1982 to 89, and now all these years later they've reassembled to get that final scene done with the oh, basically a professional crew. It looks like yeah. and somewhat of a budget uh, at their current ages uh, looks fun. This just looks like the kind of movie about movie making that I want to see, you know. And Which is these about guys, fans. yeah, yeah, they're real fans. And the, and the life it's and it taken looks to on. have an actual story behind the scenes as well. This might be, that's going to be interesting as well, right? Uh, and the fact that these kids, I've, you know, we we see I've seen you can see the thing on YouTube. There's their little short, you know, that they've done. So it's not a mystery, but the fact of the matter is the story behind how they did all this stuff. Because you watch that and go, how did somebody not get killed? These kids are hanging off of a moving truck, <laughs> and you know, all sorts of OSHA regulations being violated. Yeah, and as Obviously, this was found by Eli, Eli Roth, Roth and yeah. shared with all of his crew. So, of course, they are all in the documentary as well, which which garners it a little more weight, you know, as far yeah. as, as that goes. So you, you are going to get to hear from other fans of Raiders as well and looking at because it's impressive in a way when someone makes a, a fan film. You know, we, we just had two fan films uh, that got in trouble recently, but it's still impressive when someone makes um Something out of love, you know, yeah, uh, purely out of out of yeah, passion and love, with no intent on making any money off it, or for really audiences wide to see it. And then something like this happens, and then these grown men are telling you their stories and their friendship. They haven't talked for so long, and the girl got in between them, and all this kind of interesting elements on top of the fact that they're going to try to redo this last sequence all these years later, you know, 30 something years later is quite incredible. Mm -hmm. And uh, this looks like a real treat for fans of not only the Indiana Jones series, but just movies in general. So um, check out this documentary. It will be coming out soon. It's called Raiders, the greatest fan film ever made. And you can see the YouTube version of their fan film. I believe it's called Raiders, the apparition um, on YouTube. You can just look it up. You'll find it. (laughs) You'll find it. You'll find it. No problem. All right, the next trailer is Love and Mercy, and this is a very short trailer starring Paul Dano and John Cusack, both playing the role of Brian Wilson, the Beach Boys uh, lead singer and kind of their guiding hand. This is a short trailer, so I think it's hard to get a sense of exactly what's going on here. It is, especially the John Cusack part. Nonetheless, extremely intriguing, I think. Yeah, I'm interested, actually, in seeing this. Um, 
uh, I don't know if that means shit. <laughs> but most of the time for this kind of, these kinds of things, I haven't been very interested. But this looks good. I like the idea of the older, looking back on the younger. And But you're right, you don't get a sense of the cast in this uh, teaser trailer. Um, I... You know, is it is it wise to focus on one person rather than the Beach Boys themselves? Yeah, do you think, uh, you think yeah, that I makes more sense? This isn't a Jobs type portrayal or kind of a, a minimalist, minimized look at a larger than life personality. So, well, it's gonna have good music. We know that. Yeah, and they got the rights to the music at least. So, um, you know, but I do like the fact that Cusack is in this. I feel like that gives it a little bit more weight. And Paul. Yeah, Dano. me too. I just, I just, well, yeah, he looks good in this. I mean, I will give him that. I just, I just wanted to see what uh, everybody else was doing. I, Elizabeth Banks is in this, who's great. Paul Giamatti's great. Um, and like you said, John Cusack. But the, there's just one shot at John Cusack. Like, oh, and by the way, we're gonna John Cusack's gonna play the older guy. Like, yeah, okay. I was surprised in Cusack okay, when but... they morphed into Cusack's face. I thought, oh, shit. Is, is that Nicholas Cage? No, it's John Cusack. Who I mean, that? I wonder how how much. Because I don't know, is there a lot of older... Does he do anything when he's older? Not what? sure. I'm not even really sure what he did when he was younger. So uh, that's yeah. why I'm kind of interested in seeing this. <laughs> Apparently he was a genius. Uh, he did a lot of drugs. Music, some oh, madness wow. in there. So yeah, they throw genius around quite a bit in this trailer. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure. I it's still think it's interesting. I'd like to see it. Um, the Beach Boys are obviously very iconic, so... The musical biopic is coming back in a strong way lately. I mean, just last year you had Jersey Boys, Get On Up. Um, the Jimi Hendrix Experience movie. Did it ever go this. away? I mean, I felt it's been lingering since Ray, really. Yeah, that's true. It's been a good 10 years. All right, let's talk about a documentary, Deep Web. This is a Stars documentary, encore, Netflix original type thing, um, much like Downloaded. Did you ever see Downloaded? The one about I, um, a, Yeah, I don't think I watched that one. Netflix, or not Netflix, Napster. They got, they got a new one on. Uh, oh, no, I did watch that one. It was good. They got a new one, uh, a new documentary on Netflix about stuff like that, too. Well, this one's called Deep Web, and this is about uh, the underground site known as Silk Road and the guy who was busted here in the Bay Area uh, running it, or they thought was running it, and went by the name of the Dread Pirate Roberts, which cracks me up because that's obviously a, a Princess Bride reference. Mm-hmm. And- <laughs> One of the most feared persons on the internet going by a Princess Bride reference. But um, this documentary argues the case that this person wasn't the only guy running it and that there are a numerous amount of people. Mm-hmm. And I like the idea of the documentary, but the case they're making for this guy is, is at least in the documentary teaser, very weak. Well, here's the problem with this is that we don't – this is too early to be making this documentary. Because they haven't had the trial Plain and yet. Simple. Yeah, I, we don't know what the FBI knows. I don't know what these guys know. And I guarantee you they know a lot of shit that they aren't telling you. And this guy may just, you know, he may have the reddest hands in the world. He may be totally fucked. Yeah. And that's going to be, I believe he probably is. Because they, they can track stuff far better than you think they can. Even on the dark web. I don't know why this is called deep web. Yeah, really, Silk Road is more of a, what they call the dark web, but, mm-hmm. no. or the dark net. I don't know. And there's you know other sites just like it and whatnot. And the fact that there's more than one Dread Pirate, though shit, it's the internet. Everything's done in collaboration. I mean, it's not you know, groundbreaking that there could be more Yeah, than that's one not person, surprising but... either. But that certainly doesn't get him off the hook either. Correct. <laughs> yeah. You know, and they busted I him mean, with his laptop open here in the San Francisco library using public internet access. So it he, does... he's pretty screwed. Yeah, it feels a little like to like they're trying to cash in on a lot of these documentaries where they take the guy or someone wrongly accused you know 
However, the the documentary, the trailer for it is at least um, cut well. I'll say that. So it has like a little intriguing flair to it. But well, it looks entertaining. I, I, I agree. You're right. It's it's way too early for this to be coming out. No matter what the the facts are, that they state in it. We don't know the full story yet. We probably might never know because of the, the government handling of it. Yeah. Oh, now we're blackballed. We just said the two words. <laughs> government handling. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> What do we got next? Dark Places? All right, let's go on. Yeah, Dark Places. The new Charlie's Theron movie. Um, this is the international trailer. So this actually has not been released in the U.S. yet. A trailer. No, this is coming out in international trailer. France first. Uh, Gone Girl author Gillian Flynn is behind this one as well. Yeah, this looks good. I, I'm, I, I'd want to see this as well. I think that... Uh, I don't think this looks good. Do you think this looks good? Really, I disagree. I think this looks good. I really do want to see. It. I think Charlize Theron's great in these kinds of roles. Um, I like Chloe Grace Moretz. I mean, not that that really matters to this movie, but I'm intrigued. I, I because again, Gone Girl. I still think Gone Girl's worth watching. You know, you, you can argue that it's not very good, fine, but it's still worth watching once. And I do enjoy mysteries, and I think that uh, I would, you know, I would get a at least a little kick out of watching this. It does look like it goes down a twisty road. Granted it does. And the central concept is interesting in the trailer, but it, uh, the problem with this and the problem I had with a lot of gone girl, although it was finessed mm-hmm. a little bit by Fincher, I'm sure is that some of this is too on the nose. I mean, when he says to her, you're just as imprisoned as I am. I mean, my goodness, that, that is so, it feels pedestrian. It's cliche, you know, but that's yeah. Funny. Good God, it's. Um, but it just it felt like that, and I feel like I've seen you this have movie to, before in a lot of ways. You know, I feel like the, oh, the kind of the person closed yeah. in, and, uh, <laughs> and even Charlize Theron feels like she's repeating that's herself. Fine. This I role. can. I watch. I'll watch it. I, yeah. I don't have a problem with any of that. I didn't. I didn't care for this this trailer all that much. Although I do like Moretz and Theron. I want that known because I think they're both fantastic actresses. Mm-hmm. We got next. No escape. This is the movie that I think is the worst. Really? I was impressed well, actually, by this trailer. There's there's another one too. <laughs> I didn't know what the hell this thing was. Really? Yeah, well that's the problem with this, right? I'm watching this and the whole time I'm thinking, you know, why does this look like it should be a serious drama, yet somehow it looks like at times I could take a lot of shots out of this and a lot of things that happen and it's a campy action movie. When he throws the daughter across the fucking yeah, that, thing, okay. the, I was like, why is that happening? Why is there a point where he's like Rambo with the fucking AK-47 and he's standing up with, on top of all those sticks and stuff? And he's like, what the fuck is that? I'm sorry. It looks very confused to me. When this is, We're talking about No Escape with Owen Wilson and Pierce Brosnan. And, and Owen Wilson takes his family to Asia for either a sabbatical or to move, live there. It's not really known. And he finds an expat in Pierce Brosnan. And they're having drinks one night outside the hotel. The police uh, and the locals start rioting, and mm-hmm. all hell breaks loose. And I'm telling you, when Owen Wilson is standing out in the street, and you got the police on the right and the crowd gathering on the left, I felt like Jack Burton in the middle of a gang fight in, in downtown Big Trouble in Little China. I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah. what the hell's going on here? But that's Wayne? what I mean. It's ha- it's halfway comical. A lot of the stuff. It's too over the top. I think it doesn't. It, this is obviously trying to go for much. the same uh, audience that when Force the tank shoots and they get out of there. Yeah, this is this is not. It feels like a natural disaster movie, except it's Asian guys. I don't, which I don't understand either. I, what, I, I mean, how is this going to play with, in Asia with Captain Phillips mixed in? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't get this. I don't think this looks very good. 
Um, not I'm that just, I wouldn't watch it. I, I want to watch it because I'm so <laughs> yeah, intrigued I'd to see what it. Owen Wilson looks like toting an AK-47 <laughs> in the movie. You know, this yeah. might be the looniest I fucking mean, movie we've seen since Drive Angry. We don't know. It, yeah, it could be entertaining. But it, as far as a, a movie goes, uh, it doesn't look very good. Not only, I mean, this is how ineffectual this whole thing was. I looked at this on our rundown here, and I had just watched this trailer before we went on air. And I look at this, and I'm thinking, what the hell is no escape until you started talking about it again? I mean, that, that's you to jog my memory. So thank you. I was thinking well, about the Ray Liotta movie from 1994. So Yeah. I, I mean, it does feel uh, – he has done, obviously, action movies and stuff before, but it does feel a little bit behind enemy lines in a way. I forgot about behind enemy lines that he was actually in that. I, I, that was a strange casting choice back then, and it still remains that to this day. It still looks weird. Yeah. All right. What else? We got two yeah, Mr. Holmes. The teaser trailer for Mr. Holmes, Ian McKellen, Sir Ian McKellen, or Sire, if you will. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Don't you forget it. Is uh, portraying Sherlock Holmes in his later age, and he's got one great last mystery. And this is very reminiscent to me of Finding Neverland in that kind of um, that's fantastical exactly what I tone. Or at least that's yeah. how they're trying to sell it. Yeah. And I love that they say from the director of Gods and Monster, Kinsey and. Uh, dream girls and i want to say mm-hmm. no it's from the director of Candyman 2 <laughs> that's really his first yeah. movie it's, it's not mince words here um, okay. but, gods and monsters isn't very good uh, well kinsey's debatable in dream girls defense yeah. as well yeah, but bill condon can can direct but the fact is that this trailer i don't know what to make of it it looks intriguing in a i want to see it because yeah. again i uh, this looks like a good mystery type thing i, I could get into this fine but like the Downton Abbey music playing and a little too the way precious. it looks, yeah, it's like, and the, like you say, the Finding Neverland type selling of it, which comes halfway through the movie. Really, the first half is, I don't, it, the trailer feels stunted and doesn't feel quite right either. So I don't know, I'm, I'm a bit confused on it. Sounds like a good idea though. If this is the like kind the of Oscar bait that we're going to have to sit through next year, at least I can watch this kind of stuff. You know what I mean? At least this <laughs> isn't that uh, stuffy intellectual stuff that at least a, a bit of humor and, and fun and mischief about it, it looked like. That was what they were trying to sell, at least in this spot. Mr. Holmes on that one. The last trailer we have for tonight is Selfless. Um, <laughs> Which is like face off. <laughs> in case you didn't catch that, that's exactly what this is. And this is pretty much face off, um, but with Ben Kingsley and Ryan Reynolds switching yeah. and Ben Kingsley. But with your guy and the, now the director, you know who directed this, right? No, no. Who made this? Tarsim Singh, your guy. You like this guy for oh, the visuals. No wonder, actually, but I like this where trailer. Where the fuck are the visual? Really? This is a fucking stupid movie. But where are the visual? Where are the, where's Tarsim Singh in this movie? Yeah, this is the guy who was behind The Cell um, and The Immortals. It is the Cell, very Mirror, strong Mirror, The Fall, a movie you really liked, I thought was shit. Yeah. Immortals, I think, is shit. But all, they all look good. They all have strikingly amazing looks to them, which is absent from this movie. Um, and this isn't the first time that Ryan Reynolds has done a body switch movie. Let's not forget the change-up, which looks like it might even be superior <laughs> to this. <laughs> um, I mean, this feels, to me, when I watch this, this feels like a surrogates type thing. It doesn't look very good. Um no, but you know what? Who does look good in this is Reynolds, man. Reynolds gives shit his all. I mean, he keeps yeah. trying to find well, I would different material this. lately. I got to get the guy credit. I mean, the problem with this movie ass. is that Ben Kingsley is in it, and if you know anything about Ben Kingsley, if he's in the movie, it's ruined. It's the Kingsley factor, and he's good, but the movie's not going to be any good. It yeah. is. It's true. I'm just. I'm sorry. It is true. 
Take a look around. It started uh, a long time ago, but I mean, there's, the, the land is. He's literally... still good. The amazing thing is, so he's still good in the movie, and you're like, yeah, he's good. But every the movie, it just sucks. It falls. It falls around in part of it. Prince <laughs> of Persia. I mean, but you're right. Yeah, and I saw. I thought he was good in Prince of Persia, but that movie sucks. You know what I'm saying. Yeah, you're right. But yeah, I do like the caster. I do like Ryan Reynolds, but the movie itself looks, you know, a bit shitty. But I'd still, I'd still watch it. Uh, I didn't mind this trailer at all. So I, I, I would watch this, and I do yeah. think that it has a total recall type element too with it. With the, I always like movies the where he's coming back. Well, Limitless really is what I thought initially. You know, the kind of the yeah, idea that well, you could have it all. So. And I like the fact that when he gets the younger body, he's running as fast as he can. He's with uh-huh. women, and the the, the glib yeah. remark about not seeing a body like that for fifty years that all works. It's just the deja vu type aspect. And I mean that in the movie with Denzel Washington. They kind of put that whole thing in there where. Is this a secondary life, or what dimension is he in, or who? Well, this does what feel. A bit, I mean, you talk about Denzel Washington. This does feel a bit like um, what was the other Ryan Reynolds watched watched a movie? Um, Safe House. Safe House. Doesn't it feel like Ryan Reynolds again? This feels. If I took some a lot of the shots out of the last half of this movie and showed it to you, and said this was Safe House too, you might believe it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with because he's very because he kind of goes on that. Yeah, well, but in, in, in a way, again, it's like a moving movie. He's got to go and figure this stuff out and he's got to go see for himself if you will i i just thought limitless Memories. too you know selfless limitless i just thought like this is very similar to I the guy who can have it all face off although not selfless. as good as face off because there's no let's face it, there's no travolta or cage so well and kingsley's not imitating or, or i should say reynolds not imitating kingsley and vice versa you know like like Ken, uh, i thought he was a little bit it. i thought i thought i saw it too initially right but, but then it, it went like away yeah yeah i agree i thought i saw it when he was in the when they first switched brains or minds or whatever i thought i felt it a little bit like oh he's kind of he kind of sounds like him but it went away that's when i thought oh well here we go with the face-off thing you know because that's the whole really the fun to me of face i know you don't like it as much as i do but i love face-off because no, it's fun it's stupid we get fun, to though. watch them play each other you know it's, it's amazing to watch you know cage playing travolta yeah. playing cage it, it's a stupid movie though exactly <laughs> but it is stupid fun uh, so i really thought the trailers on today's show were actually a, a cut above our our normal so i think the the weakest one is the gunman but you like that uh you say no escape is is the weakest of the crop today. Or selfless, take your pick. Yeah, I think dark places uh, looks. In reality, none awesome. of these. Uh, I don't know. Right. We'll see. It's actually these, a decent. None of these crop. are very that important, but they all look like I would watch every single one of them and probably right. enjoy I mean, it. So, th- which is fine. what 2015 is shaping up to be is an eminently watchable year in movies. Well, um, there's so many movies too. Yeah, how many movies are big movies? I mean, these are all look like small movies. I'd love to watch these. Um, you know, at home, uh, sitting on the couch, these would be great for that. But there's so many big movies that you you have to go to the theaters this year to go see as well. And which we cannot undersell, Mad Max Fury Road, which continues oh, to release Lord. little trailers and international snippets. That the machinery in that is mind-boggling. I cannot wait to see Mad Max. I do think this is going to be a sleeper hit this summer. And uh, Poltergeist as well, I think it's going to be massive uh, from the, the people you know buzzing about it since that trailer has come out. Uh, I keep hearing more. And Furious 7 is another one that people just will not stop talking about. I'm amazed to hear this many people talking about that. That just looks like so much fun, though, right? It looks like, I mean, dare I say, you know, a rejuvenation again of it. Did you catch the trailer for the spoof for Superfast? No. All right, I didn't even well, know it existed. <laughs> I want you to watch that. And on next week's show, we will be talking huh. about the trailer for Superfast, the trailer, uh, the spoof of the Fast and Furious 
franchise, along with many other reviews and, uh, of course, our box office ace prediction game. That's going to wrap up episode 267. We want to thank you guys for joining us. As always, you can find our old podcasts, or I should say our earlier podcasts, on MovieMavericks.com and iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever else you may be getting your podcasts from. Visit MovieMavericks.com for the latest reviews and go to our iTunes page to review or rate our show. We want to thank you again for joining us. We'll be back with you next Thursday with a new episode of the Movie Mavericks podcast. Speaking for Jason, or speaking for Trevor, yeah, I'm Jason. Always speaking for Jason. I speak for Jason every time I speak. All the time. <laughs> Guy talks for himself on occasion. <laughs> All right, guys. We want to thank you once again, and we'll be back with you next Thursday. Talk soon. Oh, my. Another magnificent episode has come to an end. If you're craving more, set your destination to MovieMavericks.com, Warp 9. Engage! With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.